What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans. The holy grail of blue jeans. The pair that fits you so perfectly, it's like they were made just for you. Because they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one-size-fits-one jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. Both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans, so trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta Jeans caters uniquely to your size. You don't even have to visit Oxford to get them either. Simply visit BlueDelta.com, BlueDelta.com right now. Don't wait and see your virtual tailor. Go online to answer 12 questions and be honest, a Southern man should never ask a woman weight, height, shoe size to provide Blue Delta your measurements. And once you've made your selections, submit your order and in just a few weeks, your custom made jeans will arrive at your door. As if you needed further convincing, Blue Delta jeans are the official jeans of Team USA in the Ryder Cup. And right now they're proud to offer their classic Indigo Smooth denim jeans with the Ryder Cup logo on the watch pocket. So what are you waiting on? Blue Delta jeans are comfortable on the first wear, but will feel even better over time as the jean breaks in and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. So visit BlueDelta.com today, BlueDelta.com, and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. That's BlueDelta.com, promo code TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Ready? Wow, this game is over. The Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. It's more fun than it looks. With Ben Garrett and Bradley Sowles. This is the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vets. Ole Miss is 1-0 after a convincing 43-24 win over Louisville in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, and Ole Miss dominated. And it wasn't just the offense either. Defensively, the most impressive performance since 2016. So we got a lot to cover. Going to get to your questions in the Modern Woodman mailbag. But before we do that, we're going to give you the winner of the week, the offensive and defensive MVPs. You're going to hear from Lane Kiffin. So much to cover. And remember, if you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions and iTunes, which includes this post-game show, just simply search Talk of Champions and Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, 
Wherever you get your podcast, just simply search Talk of Champions, and we're there. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and Fleet of 247 Sports. And the postgame show brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans. Go to bluedelta.com right now and put in our promo code TOC at purchase, and you'll get $50 off your first purchase. TOC for Talk of Champions at bluedelta.com. Brad, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to be honest with you. My prediction for the whole week, 45 to 38, because I had to see it to believe it with this Ole Miss defense. They showed me that defense night and day compared to last year. We heard about it all during fall camp, but after that first scrimmage where they got their butt whooped, the Ole Miss offense scored on six of eight possessions. Ole Miss started to hold its own, got better and better, and then in the season opener, dominated Louisville, and Malik Cunningham is the type of quarterback since 2016 that would give them so much trouble and make that game way closer than it should have been. This time, no. Yeah, I mean, listen, here's the, here's the, the, the key to this defense was, was 100% Chance Campbell, man. I mean, if you look at the way he was lining guys up, he was flying around the ball. He caught, he was causing, causing havoc everywhere. I mean, th- these guys played extremely physical and extremely hard. Um, I mean, it's just, it, it was unbelievable to see. I mean, how, how cool was it to see an Ole Miss defense make a shutout in the first half? Um, I mean, it's just, you can go on for days. The guys just showed up. I think having an Otis Reese in there, Chance Campbell, Sam Williams was all over the field. Cedric, Cedric Johnson, I think so. Yeah, Cedric Johnson was all over the field. I mean, guys were just flying around, man. I mean, and they were hitting. They were, they were, they were playing. They were playing to, to, to win the series. I mean, it was, it was really cool to see. You have, you have a lot of, lot of really good players that, um, that, that, that have improved. Quentin Bivens in the middle. I mean, you just go back and watch the film and watch the push they were getting in the middle. I mean, Louisville could not do anything, and, and it was, it, it was really cool to see. Secondary was all over the place. Um, it really not to the end of the game, which we were kind of in the prevent style. We weren't really coming at them and attacking. Um, did we give up any kind of significant yards? And a lot of it had to do with penalties. I mean, there was a, there were some penalties that hurt us um, today that, that really gave them anything that they really got. But, um, yeah, I mean, they were flying around. It, it, was, it was really cool to see, to see our defense get after it like that. The Ole Miss defense pitched a first-half shutout for the first time since September 24th, 2016 against Georgia. Through three quarters, Ole Miss was averaging over 18 yards per completion. Louisville hadn't had a single play go for longer than 17 yards all night. And a lot was made about Chance Campbell as a transfer, and justifiably so. He was handpicked by DJ Durkin. Honorable mention, Big Ten selection out of Maryland. Averaged 11 tackles per game when he played. Jacquez Jones transfers out. In the summer, he saw the writing on the wall. The general conceit was it's a little bit of the same player, maybe a redundancy. So Jacquez Jones, he saw that this player, handpicked by DJ Durkin, was going to eat into his snap share. That's not what it was at all. Chance Campbell is the superior player, far and away the superior player. And he showed it. And not only was he active, especially early on, but he acted as the spy for Malik Cunningham. Unbelievable. I mean, listen, the question was, hey, can this kid run in the SEC? Can he right. run? He, he was sideline to sideline all, all game. Watch the film. I mean, they were holding this kid. But, you know, half the time they couldn't, and he would still make the tackle. That's what's crazy. Between him and Mark Mark Robinson playing linebacker, those are two dude, those are two grown men that that absolutely came to hit. It was a bullcrap call um, that he got kicked out of the game. But I'm telling you, man, that those two guys have made a huge difference in the middle of that defense. And and you could tell all the D linemen have gotten better. I mean, how about Tisdale making an actual pass rush move and, and getting after the quarterback? I mean, that's stuff you did not see last year. It is obvious 
that camp um, and spring really paid dividends for, for this defense. I, I just think you're going to see a, a totally different team this year. I mean, there's um, they have some dudes over there this year. Oh, absolutely do. You can see the speed difference. And that's a big thing that we always talked about with the defenses the last couple of years is how they look like they were stuck in quicksand when they were trying to pursue, that their tackling was so bad. They were swarming. Even when they were making misses, Jake Springer got caught a couple of times. He crashed down, for example, on a read option. And yet he would make up ground and fight and get back and join in on a gang tackle. At the half, Malik Cunningham, 5 for 13, no touchdowns, an interception. He led the team in rushing, 54 yards on 10 attempts. He led the team in receiving, one reception, nine yards. Meanwhile, almost offensively did what we expected them to do. And that was the most impressive thing to me. Yeah, offense offense was was on point, man. I mean, they they kind of started out slow running the ball. Um I, I and I, I think there was I think there were some holes there at times. At times there weren't, but um, you know, I I really felt like they got off to start a little bit of slow start running, but Man, I mean, Matt Corral, how about the step he took? I mean, the, the, the dude, you can just tell when a quarterback's playing and absolutely knows everything that's going on in his offense. He did not force one thing, which which shows you're not going to be able to do drop eight versus Ole Miss and, and, and confuse Matt Corral. That that day is over. I mean, th- th- that is not happening anymore. He proved it today through 300-something yards versus simply a drop eight and a, um, you know, just, it's a, just to completely try to zone him out. Well, heck, they just faked the run all game and, and, and just absolutely milked the seams for whatever they want to do. And when the seams weren't there, he just went back to the hook. I mean, it, it was just – it was literally methodical, and he did not force one thing. And then finally when they got sick of just getting nickel and dime, they would come up and he would just hit them over the top. So, I mean, it's he, – he really, he really – you can tell he's he's the real deal this year, and, and I'm going to finally give him his props on the draft. I think he's I think he's got a chance to be a big-time pick, and, I mean, he absolutely showed it today. Dane Brugler. Covers the draft. NFL draft analyst for The Athletic. Good friend of the pod. He said it himself. Matt Corral has the chance to be QB1 in this draft class. It's wide open. Sam Howell did nothing to impress this weekend. It's only one weekend. It's only one game. But if you're only going by initial impressions, Sam Howell did not have a good initial impression. Spencer Rattler, good as he is, not an accurate deep ball passer. JT Daniels is not in the same breath as Matt Corral. Matt Corral looked like he improved upon what was already a record-breaking season last year. He led the nation in total offense, 385 yards per game. He was over 400 on Monday night, and he did it by not forcing things. The reason why he had those two blow-up games against Arkansas and LSU was because of the drop eight, and he still tried to force passes that weren't there. He instead took the ball down and ran, or he took his checkdowns. A number of times took his checkdowns over and over and it allowed Ole Miss to keep the chains moving. They went forward a couple of times on fourth down. They got it one time because he pulled up, was going to throw a quick slant to Jonathan Mingo. It wasn't there. Then he went for two yards. That's what drew one of four targeting penalties on the night for both teams combined. Ole Miss loses Lakia Henry and Mark Robinson for the first half against Austin Peay on Saturday because of targeting penalties called against them. They're making football plays. I thought the one on Mark Robinson was more egregious than any one of them because there's nothing really he could have done. Getting off topic here, Matt Crowd took what was given to him and still ended up in the same place statistically that he otherwise would have. He didn't force anything at all. And yes, his first and only touchdown through the air came late in the fourth quarter to Dontario Drummond, who went off. My guy, Dontario Drummond, who went off. Looks like the clear number one for Ole Miss. It looked cleaner. He showed growth. 22 for 32, 381, one touchdown. 
72, and he's got a touchdown pass. Two things that, that, I, that I saw during the game that made me say, you know what, this, this dude's legit. He's, he's got NFL-type stuff. So there was a play, um, play early on in the game where they, they showed a man press on the right. They end up blitzing the corner and bringing a, a, a safety over to essentially play zone. Well, Matt Corral saw that coming before it ever even came, and immediately he was ready to throw it to receiver before the receiver ever even turned around. I mean, that, 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 that is NFL-style stuff. There was also another play in the game where he was looking for a slant over to the right, literally looking to the right, turns back to the left, and hits about a 15-yard hook to Drummond on the, on the left side of the field. That, that means he knows. He's anticipating his reads. He can get to a second read. He knows where it is without looking. That's the kind of stuff the really good quarterbacks do in the NFL, and that's what he did. I mean, he did it, he did it more than twice, but there was two times where I said, you know what, that's some ball and stuff. That's a really good play. That, that's, that's, that's knowing your offense. That's being a quarterback. You know, too many times you see guys one reading, whatever. Well, man, he was actually getting to a second read a lot tonight. And, and I, I mean, just super impressed. I mean, he did some stuff where he was totally in command. He didn't force anything, which he didn't have to. I mean, he, he did what we've been wanting him doing. If you're going to sit in that drop eight all year, I mean, we're going to absolutely slaughter you. And then he didn't try to force anything. He just kept Nick and you look up, he's got 400 yards passing. And it was a quiet looking night for him. You know, it's just kind of a methodical looking night, but you know, he did what he had to do. And he, he made, he made some really good plays. All right, a couple of superlatives before we really get into this edition of the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. After Ole Miss beats Louisville convincingly 43-24 to in the season opener on Labor Day, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Couldn't have been more impressed. Jerry Ionity scored a touchdown. He's now scored 18 touchdowns in 22 career games. Full house tight backfield. Ely pushing and Ely is into the end zone. Touchdown Ole Miss. Good drive there, four or five for 80 yards to open up this uh, this first series of the season, and they're just gonna after all that, all that razzle dazzle, tempo spread, they go old school, power eye formation, and push Louisville into the end zone for a touchdown. Ben Brown went out late in the game. Bryce Ramsey took over at right guard. Just a minor injury, nothing I think to worry about. Might not be available for Austin P, but it's nothing that should carry on for multiple weeks. The first tackle of the year went to who else? Chance Campbell. So if you had him on the bingo card, congrats. Cunningham kept it. Campbell's there to stop him, and he'll stop him on downs. Is they keep talking about the job that he's done at camp, just kind of settling everybody down. Here's the quarterback's read that indicates to keep it. But here is Campbell on the outside, who's got the quarterback. Good call by DJ Durkin. Eliminate the runner by coming downhill, and then you have Campbell, the linebacker, right there to account for the quarterback, Cunningham, to keep him short of the first down. The first interception went to DeAndre Prince, and what a story for DeAndre Prince. Johnny Brown, former Ole Miss defensive back cousin of DeAndre Prince was on this podcast I want to say well over a year ago and he brought up how DeAndre was coming back to Ole Miss kind of broke some news on the podcast saying he was coming back the whole story with DeAndre is he was so impressive as a true freshman but wasn't going to class wasn't doing what he needed to do off the field he drops down goes to community college gets himself right and then tells Ole Miss he wants to come back they say okay you can come back as a walk-on well he does and what does he do yeah when I was a kid I was a diehard New Orleans Saints fan because Archie Manning was my favorite player, yeah. which will now endear me to the old Miss people, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Long-suffering back then, too. Into traffic, and it's intercepted. That was ill-advised as Deontay Prince has the pick. And Deontay Prince... 
Caden Costa made every single one of his field goal attempts. Field goals are back. They are back, including a 47-yarder to start his Ole Miss career. Exceptional leg. They wanted to kind of break him in slowly, but they need the 47-yard attempt here. So let's see how it goes. Costa sends it on his way. And right down Peachtree here in Atlanta. And Ole Miss takes a 9-0 lead on the freshman's first career field goal. Quentin Bivens, another guy that I thought was absolutely, like you said, disruptive in the middle. We talk a lot about Chance Campbell, and understandably so, his tackles, his pressures, his ability to spy. But really, this defense started with Quentin Bivens. And for a lot of people, I don't want them to forget that. And I know that you took notes throughout the whole game, so let's get to that now. When you're watching the game to start, Quentin Bivens, what stuck out to you the most? Well, I think it will. If you look at his job, what he has to do in the game, they run a three down, three down, three. You sense he's 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 a head up nose. You have two four eyes. You know you have you know you really only have three down linemen. You obviously have a lot of backers and, and a couple overhangs, but so he, he has a pretty tough task, man. I mean, anytime the ball's ran, he's automatically getting a double team just because that's that's the way the scheme's going to be designed. There's only three down linemen, so I feel like all game he was really getting into that center and, and getting push and not allowing that guard to fit in there and really create a good double team which in turn was, was kind of freeing Chance Campbell up. So, I mean, there was multiple times on the film where he was, um, he was very disruptive. Um, just, I feel like he was really good with his hands. He, he, he got, he got a lot of penetration, which, which, which makes it tough in a zone scheme to, to read, to read the hole whenever you, you know, the centers, you feel like the center's right there in your lap. So, um, really had a good game, really good with this, getting off blocks. I feel like all the guys, what they did really good this year compared to last, you really watched the film close and I was watching really close. Sam Williams, really good with his hands at times. Um, guys were just getting off blocks and they were flying to the ball. I mean, it's something that, that we have not seen in a long time on Ole Miss. Um, but yeah, I mean, that they, they were not staying blocked tonight. We look bigger, look stronger, look faster. You had some experience out there. Um, I mean, yeah, Quentin Bivens, he, he was, he was a big time in the middle of the night. A few other superlatives. Derek Nix was not on the sideline. He also like Lane Kiffin was left behind because of COVID diagnosis. Coleman Hutzler was the one that stepped in and did the game management stuff, which allowed Jeff Lebby to call the offense, DJ Durkin to call the defense, and it was far and away the best game DJ Durkin's called at Ole Miss. I mean, that goes without saying, really. But I went into this game saying there's a lot of pressure of any coach on the staff without Lane Kiffin. The most pressure was on DJ Durkin, and I thought he absolutely passed with flying college with not only their performance, but the way they schemed Malik Cunningham, it was a master stroke to spy with Chance Campbell. Other superlatives. Ole Miss last year defensively, just to put it in perspective here about how good they were on Monday night. They were 118th in points last year. They were 127 in total yards. They were 126 in passing yards. The 519 total yards per game was their worst since 1915. And what did they do? They attacked the transfer portal. Jake Springer eligible. Dean Leonard, a full year starting last year, and you could tell he looks like a different player. Quentin Bivens developed, got better. Sam Williams looked good. T. Tisdale, as a complimentary piece rather than an every-down guy, looked really good. There was so much that was encouraging. Jalen Jones, I thought, made one of the biggest plays of the game. There was a throwback by Louisville where they kind of swept it to the right, to the far side of the field, and threw back short side. And there was a wall built. And Jalen Jones, the six-year man, the six-year cornerback, former Chucky Mullins award winner, breaks through the wall and makes a tackle, saving what would have been a touchdown. Perfectly encapsulated, I thought, why this team is improved, why this defense is improved. 
And it's only one game. But for one game, they could not have been better because that play in previous years, without question, goes for a touchdown. One of the ones you hear about in the postgame, oh, we didn't have our eyes in the right spot. We kind of flowed with the offense. We didn't hold to our assignments. Jalen Jones did. He held the backside, and he broke through a wall of it looked like five or six offensive players on his end, and he broke through and made the tackle. So there's so many things you can take from this defense, and when you think about where they were, it's remarkable. Because in the first half, Louisville, 2.9 yards per play. All of their offense came in the second half. And a lot of it had to do with Ole Miss having already won the game effectively. They put it away at that point. But 2.9 yards per play, 107 total yards. That's the fewest since 2014. 26 passing yards. 26. The fewest since 2016. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely all. If you look at even look at the turnover. I mean, look, look, look at um, Prince's interception. I mean, he was right there in the quarterback's face. Um, he, he, there's a lot of little things he was doing. Not only was he making plays, he was, he was causing havoc and it when it's honestly, man, it's been a while since Ole Miss has had a linebacker like that. Um, and on top of it, listen, I, I really feel like if Mark Robinson was in there the whole game, you would have, you would have seen a lot, a lot of, you know, you'd have seen some crazy plays from him as well. Just an unbelievable story. I mean, the kid is an absolute, and I mean, he's, he's a man. He really is. Like he was, <laughs> you watch him I mean, he's flying around hitting guy. I mean, he's, He's a he's a good player, man. We have some really good linebackers in the middle there, and that that makes a huge difference. Um, Chance Campbell can't say enough about. I mean, he's just your typical. I mean, he dude dude was lining up the defense. Um, he, he, I think he's a good centerpiece that we've been missing for a long time. We didn't see defenses playing with this kind of passion, this kind of effort, effort this kind of togetherness. Ole Miss is an example of a defense playing with that attitude. Headed toward a minute to play, fourth down, another one on this drive. Louisville in near desperation mode in the final minute of the first half to get something on the board. Cunningham pitched it quickly, and they dropped it. He had the first down if he just holds onto the ball, and he doesn't, and Austin Keys is there, and it was a stop anyway, and everything that could possibly go wrong has for Red. I mean, that quarterback was pretty athletic, so in previous years, we would have never stopped a quarterback like that um, at Ole Miss, and, and we've all seen it, witnessed it. A quarterback like that would have ran for a gazillion yards against us, and um, the, the dude really didn't didn't do a whole lot of anything tonight. He didn't. Let's go to the locker room to hear from Lane Kiffin following Ole Miss's 43 to 24 win over Louisville. Obviously, unusual, um, you know, not being there. So a lot of anxiety, and you know, building up to that because you're just, you know, you're not in control. <laughs> so. Uh, did everything we could, zoomed into every, all the meetings and talked to them, you know, a pregame meal and all the stuff. And so just really proud of our players and coaches to handle a curveball like that and go play on the national stage really well against a quality team uh, that gave people a lot of problems a year ago. You know, look at what these guys did to Notre Dame and shut down Notre Dame for the most of the game. So um, good first win, good start. Obviously, you know, we got to clean up penalties, um, but that's easier to clean up than, you know, not being able to get open or, you know, not being able to get a pass rush. So some really good things in the game to build on and some things to work on too. And obviously, you know, we got to learn how to tackle differently, you know, especially if, you know, we uh, go to the Big Ten. All right, Nick, you can start us off. Uh, first off, Lane, how are you feeling? Uh, it really is amazing what, 
energy does or you know whatever it is when you get into something because i completely forgot about it when the ball was kicked and so i, I forgot that i was sick um but uh, I'm, I'm doing better thanks for asking and i mean obviously the defense uh, looked massively improved especially in the first half just what, what did you see from them that allowed you guys to be so successful i they played it how we're supposed to obviously we completely changed schemes than, than we did a year ago and you know had not talked about it on purpose and waited for this game and you know whatever you want to call it this you know three down and two linebackers and everybody else's dbs so you know it's similar to some stuff that we played last year you know uh, arkansas and iowa state plays it and you know just really thought it gives people problems in the offseason so we went to it and players bought in and, and it paid off limited explosive plays and saw a lot of guys running downhill hitting people. Michael, you can start, you can go next. Hey Lane, um, just um, in Ontario, um, you know, I think he finished with 177 yards on nine catches. I know we've, we've talked a lot about guys like Braylon Sanders uh, over the last few weeks. Can you just kind of take me through uh, his performance and what, you know, getting him going really kind of does for this offense? Yeah, I mean, you never know when you play in these systems and they go to take away people. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of soft coverage outside and really deep, which is, you wouldn't think statistically that was the case. But, you know, they stayed deep and didn't let us get behind them. And that takes away your outside receivers a little more. And so he's our slot like Elijah was a year ago. So he ended up getting a lot more, a lot more catches and opportunities. Uh, so in one nine for 177 with one called back. So really cool day by him. Matt, say Gene, go away, go ahead. I guess I, I was supposed to wait for a mic or something like that. No, you're good, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Coach uh, Chance, uh, you know, transferred in from from the Big Ten, and he was just flying all around the ball. You know, what did you see from him tonight, and what kind of edge does he bring to that defense this year? Uh, did a really good job. Uh, you know, he's come in and, and been a good leader, and and you know, just been excited to have a veteran come in there and step up and play really well. And so that was great to see, and you know, the whole defense. You know, guys, a lot of guys made plays in there, a lot of guys on this tackle list. And, um, you know, it was just really, it was cool to see the players play well and on top of that, to see the scheme come together and work well. Go ahead, Blake. Yeah, Lane, uh, how did you feel like your, your players would handle your absence tonight? And, and did they, you know, meet or exceed those expectations? Well, I think head coaches, you know, get too much credit on things. Um, you know, I think in-game management, you know, matters. Um, if you're on offense or defense and you get things changed in the game and help call plays, whatever that matters. But the whole being there in your locker room speeches, you know, that that don't really matter. Um, so you can have some great locker room spe speeches and go out and they got better players and you don't matter. So I think part of it's overrated. Um, but it was, it was interesting to see. I mean, if they play like that without me on the road, I, I'm good with it. I just stay here. I'm already 
already here. I don't got to travel back. I can already, you know, watch Austin, Austin P film right now. Go ahead, Nick. Seemed like uh, both Jerrion and Henry kind of struggled, but Snoop was able to succeed. Just what kind of an edge did you see from him and what was he doing so well? Well, he ran physical like always. Um, I think that, you know, they, they played better early against the run up front. And then like a lot of people, you know, in our system, they wear down a little bit and they lost the linebacker um, earlier. And I think that kind of, you know, I just think they kind of wore down. And so you saw, you saw some tackles being broken late. Do you know what the process is for you getting back? Are you approved for next week or do you have to test negative? Just kind of what is the process? Um, I'm told that my days will be, will be up and I will at the last minute be there, whether that's Friday or Saturday morning, but I'll be there for the game. Go ahead, Michael. Lynn, Matt, Matt took a, a couple of pretty big licks today. Uh, there was that one on fourth down where he picked it up and there was one of the many targeting calls. Uh, but then he, he, I think he sat out for one play and he, he scored on a keeper. Just how important is, is his toughness to, to what you guys want to kind of make your identity to be? Well, I think in all football, especially college football, when you can pull the ball and be a threat, you know, you don't have to be Lamar Jackson, but if you can pull the ball and be a threat, you know, it changes how you have to play defense, you know? So uh, you saw that today, they were closing and he pulled a couple and made significant plays on them. You know, those are not quarterback designed runs. You know, those are usually handoffs unless the defense takes it away. So I've said it all along. I think the guy's really special. And, you know, if he plays like this, the guy gonna make a lot of money and going top 10 picks. You can go ahead, Blake. And Lane, who is actually the, the acting head coach on site tonight? There was not. You know, there is not a rule that you have to do that. And I just felt like to take one of the guys out of the role they're in, you know, Levy's so significant on offense and he's upstairs anyway. Durkin, we had this new defense and getting the adjustments for it. You know, to take someone like that and then they got to watch the other side and manage penalties and all that, I think would have – would have hurt that side of the ball. So, um, you know, we went over everything before. We've been together a year, so they know um, if there was communication uh, with the refs, you know, Coleman would do it because he was the easiest one because he could be on both headsets, offense and defense. So I think it worked pretty well. Okay, Matt. Coach, outside of not having to travel uh, to the games, were there any other advantages that you – saw being able to you know watch it um from from oxford watch the game from oxford no not at all um and it's actually more stressful i thought it would be the other way around but when i'm on the game and there's a headset and i'm in game it's not very stressful because you're just in the moment you know it's a lot more stressful watching it not being able to control everything that was Lane Kiffin. This is the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review this podcast and all the other Talk of Champions podcasts by simply searching Talk of Champions wherever you get your podcasts. Submit in a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say. Just make sure it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omsspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Ole Miss got the ball to start the game, scored his first touchdown. What jumped out to you immediately when Ole Miss took the ball? 
Um, well, I mean, it, I, I thought it was it, obviously we were on schedule, man. I mean, we looked like we looked like we picked it right where we left off last year. Um, I, I think you saw right away we um, we knew we knew what defense we were going to get, which which showed how prepared we were um, going into that. So that, that they had a plan for drop eight right away. Um, you know, you can tell by the by the first, you can tell right away. Hey, man, we know we're going to drop eight. We're going to we're going to really sell that right. I, I think Louisville was really worried about our run game. And that 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 hurt them a little bit because they kept they kept you know bringing the linebackers up. So we really we really used that run fake that RPO kind of quote unquote action early on to make sure the the run back the, the linebackers were kind of respecting us. And man, really just popping those seams over top of the the hook defenders. And um, I mean, yeah, I I just think early on we saw we knew right away kind of where their weakness was, and we kind of exploded it pretty quick with um, I think it was a play to Jacor Pearson, and then one one another one to Drummond. The very first play from scrimmage, first and 10 at the Ole Miss 6, because remember, Kentrell Bullock fell down returning to kick. Matt Corral completes yep. the Ontario Drummond for 24 yards, getting to the Ole Miss 30. Matt Corral will start from his own five. He led the nation in total offense last year, right at 385 yards per game. Corral with his first pass, his completion, and it's a big gain, and it's Dontario Drummond. And Dontario's still on his feet, and he's going to pick up about 25 on the first snap of the season for the reps. Uh, two things there. Hit great patience. Nice job by Corral, letting him break free. But the thing is, you get into some of these RPOs, Louisville flying upfield to try to defend the run, so conscious of the ability of Ely. It created nice, a nice passing lane there, and Corral waited and made a good throw. Other big plays following Ontario Drummond's 24-yarder to get things started. Jerrion Ely for 11. Jacor Pearson for 27. Uh, Matt Corral to Jerrion for 18. It was the Jerrion Ely show in that first drive, really. And he capped it off with the first touchdown of the year for your Ole Miss Rebels. Kell Nation missed the extra point, and we didn't see Kell Nation ever again. And the next time Ole Miss scored, it was a field goal. Caden Costa, the true freshman, his very first kick attempt from 47 yards out was nails. Almost forced Louisville to punt on two of its first three drives. It turned it over on downs on the first drive. The second touchdown came after a Snoop Connor 11-yard run to get things started. Then Braylon Sanders for 28. Then Chase Rogers for 10. Matt Crow went for four. Then Snoop, Snoop, and Matt Crow goes in for six yards and a touchdown. Corral pulls it. Matt going for the end zone. Touchdown, Matt Corral. Design or not, all three plays going at OKK. Watch him here now trying to do the best job that he can on this zone read. He tries to get outside off of a block, and you can see the speed of Corral, who's known for his ability to throw, but if you've ever watched Ole Miss play with two at quarterback, has plenty of wheels to make you have to respect that aspect of his game. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels. 
your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Homeless fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com, eufyofficial.com slash video lock, to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Smart Lock and Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Louisville punts, Ole Miss punts, then came the Louisville interception when DeAndre Prince goes up and gets his first interception since 2019. Ole Miss scored immediately, almost immediately, after that interception. Three plays. First, Matt Crow completed to Jonathan Mingo for 34, then Snoop Connor for no gain. But you're not going to deny Snoop Connor, and he goes in for a touchdown. After that, a 14-play drive for Louisville that resulted in a fumble. In my opinion, the biggest turning point of the game, and at the half, Ole Miss is up 26 to nothing. So at the end of the first half, when you're sitting there, you're trying to gather yourself, Brad. What are you thinking? Um, but kind of like most Ole Miss fans, um, you're kind of on cloud nine. You're like, holy smoke, man! Did I just see a, a did I just see an Ole Miss defense that was that was an ass kicker on top of an offense that that can't be stopped? Um, yeah, I mean, I was dude, I, I was really encouraged. Um, you saw an offense that that was uh, that literally uh, that, I call it the two hundred two level. Um, you know, what, everything they did last year was was one hundred one or two hundred two. They're, um, you know, really, really able to adjust. What, what, that's just a good sign. Of, it's a sign of good coaching, man. I mean, they, they took what, what they struggled with last year and was able to fix it. And that, that was a drop eight, which was great. They did that week one because now defenses, now defensive coordinators are, are, are going to have to change that. I mean, because because that they know what what they're going to get if they if they try to run drop eight against us. And then I mean, I mean, just uh, just like everybody else, I'm texting around people. I'm like, man, this this defense, like, what in the world? Um, but I mean, it, it was cool to see it. It was really nice to see a, um, see a defense set that was flying around out there. So yeah, just, just kind of shocked and, and surprised and, and excited to see him put it back out there on the second half. Snoop Connor dominated the second half. Every time Louisville scored a touchdown, Ole Miss answered. Louisville's first touchdown of the second half came at 29 to 10. Then Ole Miss scores a touchdown by who else? Snoop Connor goes in for 11 yards. He absolutely dominated. We got to get to that. Cause we got to get to my guys, me and Brad's my guys. Then Matt Corral completes to Dontario Drummond for a touchdown. On, yeah, completes to Dontario Drummond for six yards. That was the first touchdown he threw. Then Louisville scores again, but Ole Miss runs out the clock and wins the game. So now that we've looked at the game in totality and thought about the big plays, heard from Lane Kiffin, in your notes, what were the turning points? Well, I think the turning points in this game were, one, um, the, the defense really got after him. I mean, they were – they really contained this quarterback. They had a plan for him, and um, I think right away we, we were going to try to force Louisville to throw. 
Um, and it just uh, that they really had no plan for it. I, I think Louisville thought they were going to line up and, and really run all over us with this quarterback and, and run kind of all over us. And you look at the first drive, the first couple drives, man, I mean, we, we just absolutely stuffed them in the backfield. And that, that to me, sent a message to them pretty quickly. And then on offense, I mean, we were just efficient. I mean, the, the turning point was Louisville was going to come out. They were going to put on exactly what Arkansas did to us a year before and say, hey, beat us. And uh, Matt Corral's growth was the turning point, in my opinion. I mean, he he absolutely had a plan. You can tell that that he decided before this game that I'm going to um, absolutely just take the – I'm going to dink and dunk him. And then any, any chance I get um, to, to go over the top, I'm going to go over the top. But if it's not there, hey, man, I'll use my legs. I feel like just he played a smart game. Um, yeah, the, 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 the turning point was, was 100% that, the, the plan that, that, that we had you know, going into this game, and it was, um, it, it was absolutely brilliant. Who won the week? The player that you didn't expect that showed up big. Um, I, so I, I'm not going to say I didn't expect it, but I, I just think Snoop Connor, man. I mean, listen, what our offense was lacking in the first half was was, was really a um, you know back to hit it. I think there was there the inside zone was there. I just don't feel like it was being read properly. Um, Snoop Connor comes in and, and and just I mean, dude, he just he gave us a spark in the run game that was. Um, that really made us unstoppable at that point because then now Louisville was worried about our run and that uh, we started popping the runs and then everything else just kind of opened up. And it was, I mean, that that's why Drummond was wide open over the, over the top. I mean, it was just everything opened up after we run. I, I just got to, I got to say Snoop Connor was, was big. I, I expected it, but you know, you're looking at the depth chart of guys, you know, listed fourth on the depth chart, super disrespectful. And he comes out there and um, you know, he's, he's our back, man. I mean, he's, he's the best back. The, the, the fact that he's out there more is he had eight carries, 60 yards, you're averaging 7.5 with two touchdowns. And that, I mean, that, that's, that's massive production for only eight touches. I got to give you credit here. You've been banging the Snoop Connor drum ever since you've been doing this podcast with me. And you've been talking about how he's the best NFL prospect of all of them. Now, Jerry on Ely is an NFL prospect. He's going to go into the NFL draft and probably be an early round pick come next spring. But Snoop, for this offense and what he does, I think people are starting to catch on now to what you've been saying, that Snoop's that guy. And, and he really showed it, too, in that pulverizing run against Chandler Jones. Poor Chandler Jones. He tried to get in the way. Snoop wasn't having it. And absolutely obliterated him for the big touchdown. Just ran him over completely. And it just showed that the way he finishes runs is different. And if you really try to play off a of Snoop with Jerion and Henry Parrish, who are both more change of pace backs for their offensive uh, styles and the way they complement Snoop, it just opens things up more. Because, look, Snoop's not going to do what Jerion can do. Jerion was splitting out and catching passes. Snoop's not going to do that. But Snoop can do one thing that they do not as well as him, and that's get downhill. He puts his foot in the ground, he makes one cut, and he's gone. And when he finishes, he finishes strong. He always finishes running. It feels like he's always falling forward which is there's something to be said about that yeah i, I think well well what why, why i think snoop is such a good good running back for all offense yeah he, he probably can't receive quite like ely but in the actual running game snoop's best run is the inside zone and that's kind of what we hang our hat on in the run game i mean it, it's unbelievable how well he reads the backers and is able to put his foot in the ground and kind of anticipate anticipate the backside b block or, or whatever you want to call it and, and kind of put his foot in the ground and, and be pretty, pretty productive in that sense. And and that's, I mean, man, that, that's what kind of we hang our hat on and, and, and that's his best run. So it is, um, he, he's pretty tough. I mean, if you look at the touchdown, the linebacker kind of filled the front gate, he just stuck his foot in the ground and went right behind the, the backside of combination and, and was able to barrel it in there pretty good. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a solid running back. He really is. I love the way he runs it. He's, he's, he makes it tough on the, on the defense. Um, especially when you're hitting it the way he's hitting it in zone. Um, he says he's a, he's a solid back for this offense um, when it comes to the actual run game itself. Offensive MVP. Um, I'm going to say Matt Corral, 100% there. I mean, and, and you know, I, I don't want to disrespect Drummond now. Drummond, everybody was wondering who's going to replace the production of Elijah Moore. Well, you know, guy comes in, catches 170 something yards. But at the end of the day, man, Matt Corral was, was Matt Corral. And, that, and that, that's why we won the game. He was out there delivering the rock. He didn't turn it over. He was safe with the ball. I will say this about Matt Corral, for heaven's sake, he's got to stop sliding when contact's coming feet first. He's got to go head first. He's going to get his head bounced off the turf. It was, it was about to drive me crazy all game. He was making me nervous. But tough-ass kid, took some shots, got up, unfazed. Matt Corral, for sure, the MVP, man. I mean, he absolutely diced him up. Um, killed him on the seams, killed him on the sideline. I mean, he just, he was, he was solid today, man. He was our leader and Matt Crow plays like that all year. We're going to be, I'm um, going to be a tough team to beat. You can't take that away from him though. He's got that Baker Mayfield, Dak Prescott type of ability and type of will to want to finish those things. So yeah, you got to taper it back. You got to be a little bit more aware of not only your importance to this offense, but your importance to this team. And you got to avoid those hits but he's never going to be one that doesn't stick a shoulder in there every once in a while. The best yep. you can do is just trim off like two or three of those. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just the technique and what he slides. I, whenever two guys are running at you, it's better to dive head first than actually slide baseball slide. Cause that's when they just come take those cheap shots and try to bounce your head off the turf. Um, I wish he would get down there, you know, probably head first or kind of face first on the slide. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely, definitely don't want to see him taking those shots. Um, it just, as a lineman myself, pisses me off when you see a quarterback get hit like that i know i know the o-line would would um well you know feel the same way but man i, I just um i hope he gets a little safer out there defensive mvp i mean it's it's obvious chance campbell all, all day there i mean he's he was if you watch that film closely he was every time almost did something successful on defense nine times out of ten he was there he, he was the reason it was happening flying around the field, making plays. I mean, you look at some of the blitzes. Heck, dude, and, and honestly, th there was times where he would line up and blitz and pass rush, and he's actually a decent pass rusher, like have some really good moves in the pass rush. I just think he's – he's. I, I really think they – I don't know if they downplayed him or what, but I, I don't know if I was expecting quite what we got out of him. Um, he was much better than, than than I expect. I thought he was going to be a good player, but I didn't – I did not think he was going to be this level that, that he played in that game. You know, every play, I mean, he was – he was close, smart guy too. When he got around the quarterback, he didn't take crazy shots that got penalties. I mean, you can just tell he played the game the right way. 100% the defensive MVP um, play, played really, really well. What if I told you that four players tied for the team lead in total tackles and not one of them was Chance Campbell? Would that surprise you? It absolutely would. Who, who were the guys? Otis Reese, A.J. Finley, Taishim Johnson, Ashanti Seastrong. Wow. Yeah, that was that that would that would definitely surprise me, but you know I just think I think if you look at Chance throughout the game, you look at you look at some of the intercepts, some of the some of the big plays he made, man, were um you know you saw some of the third down stops. I mean those were as good as turnovers, you know, and then then, then he gets back there and, and the actual interception, I'm pretty sure his hand was right there in the in the quarterback's face. Friend of the pod, Ashanti Seastrunk, led the team with two and a half tackles for loss. Chance Campbell had one point five. Here's the deal about Chance Campbell. A lot of the reason why his opportunity as far as tackles weren't there was because he was spying on Malik Cunningham and flowing him into other tacklers. 
But when the distribution is like this as far as tackles, eight, 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 seven, seven, four, three, three, two, that's what you want out of a defense. If one guy, like it was last year, is getting every tackle, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. And Chance Campbell was funneling Malik Cunningham, whoever had the ball, really, to other guys. And that's what matters on defense. That's what matters. Is Can you help your brother beside you? Can you help your teammate beside you? Can you funnel to him? Can you be unselfish? Can you, be, can you give yourself up to allow your teammate to make a play? And if you're able to do that, if you're willing to do that, that's why you get performances like you got out of Ole Miss tonight. A team-wide effort that resulted in one of the most dominant defensive performances we've seen easily, if not the most dominant, since 2016. So it's exactly what you want. You don't want one guy. But we both know, watching Chance Campbell, that he was the MVP. But don't let it get lost. Quentin Bivens was up there. His disruption was up there. Three total tackles, one assist, two solos, and nothing else in the box score. And yet I feel like he and Chance Campbell were doing everything. Yeah, well, so, so here's another thing that people got to realize about the three-down defense. Um, Quentin Bivens and Chance Campbell or any linebacker in the middle of that defense has by far the toughest job because the the, the guards have a free shot to you, essentially. I mean, it's um, Quentin Bivens is always going to have some kind of combination around him, and especially when they're, when they're running zones or whatever. I mean, that guard is uncovered, so he has a free shot up to the backer. So, I mean, it's not the easiest job in a three-down to play where they played him. And the fact that, that they were so productive in doing what they were doing, because, I mean, when you're in three-down they decide to run the ball, man, I mean, you're outnumbered pretty heavily. So you're really you're really banking on the Otis Reese's and the Tashim Johnson, those guys to really come up and fill, you know, fill the gaps for you. So, but, I mean, that's a tough job to have to come down every time and, and kind of take on guards one-on-one. I mean, but he's, he did a great job. You know, he, he really did. Both those guys did a good job. And, that's going to be the key for us this year if, if we can be productive on that on the defense. And, and Sam Williams looked awesome. Tisdale looked awesome. I mean, it's it just that they looked better. I mean, it, there's no other way to put it. All we're asking was for Ole Miss to get 50% better on defense this year. I think they absolutely did that and some more. And that's going to be the difference. That's what's going to make that's that this game last year would have been 42 to 41. Or, I mean, it, it just is what it is. You know, it would have, would have been a, it would have been a nail biter when it shouldn't have been. And in our defense playing the way they played, um, it's it, it's going to make it where where we're able to actually win some games comfortably. I think. What did Ole Miss do schematically, offensively, and defensively that impressed you the most? Well, I, I just think defensively they they kept everything in front of them. You know, they obviously didn't take any, didn't give anything over the top, which which was good. And then they contained this quarterback, man. I mean, and and what was what was so smart so that they tried to they tried to do a lot of zone read against us because they're going to run the quarterback. But but what in the past, Ole Miss would have had two guys freaking crashing down with nobody contained on the outside. It happened to Springer early, where he got kind of tripped up in his feet, and the quarterback got outside of him. Other than that, man, you had a guy that was taking the running back and one guy taking the quarterback all night, and that's how you got to play the, the the zone read. I mean, that that was good fundamental football. That's something we haven't seen in a while. We usually see two guys crashing down; they keep the edge wide open. Not tonight, man. I mean, it was it, it was a really good job schematically of, of really knowing, hey, there was always a design guy for the running back. There was always a design guy for the quarterback. They aren't getting outside of us, and they aren't getting over the top of us. And it was, I mean, that that's why we had success. I mean, it just is what it is. We we we, we did really good schematically as far as you know, knowing our keys and knowing what could kill us there. And it just we nailed that tonight. That was that was that was the reason they didn't get a bunch of yards on us. A little pat on the back. It's a segment we're going to do on this post-game show. A pat on the back. One Bradley Sal, pat on the back. You called Snoop Connor a long time ago, and you absolutely did the thing. 
Snoop Connor's final stat line, eight carries, 60 yards, seven and a half um, yards per carry, two touchdowns. And that's for a guy that was listed fourth on the depth chart. Pat on the back. Appreciate it. Yeah, he scored, but he had a touchdown every, I mean, what was that, 20% of the time? Yeah. Well, 20-something percent of the time he scored a touchdown tonight. That's um, that's pretty good. We'll take it. I just think, I mean, nothing against any other backs. I like them all. Snoop Connor just runs the inside zone very well, and that's what this run scheme is built built on. Ben Garrett's pat on the back, self-pat on the back. Dontario Drummond, I said I was buying all the stock in Dontario Drummond. Don't forget, after Elijah Moore and Kenny Yeboah opted out the final two games of last year, who became the go-to wide receiver? It was Dontario Drummond. He now has back-to-back 100-yard games. He scored a touchdown in six straight. Nine receptions, 177, one tutty. Pat on the back. Price of the bricks going up. Ben Garrett, pat <laughs> on the back for Dontario Drummond. Let's Dude, get- and... Awesome hands, awesome hands. Oh, by him you said that. Yes, I'm glad you yeah, brought that up. You said that in the preseason during fall camp. You heard by talking to a coach that they told you some of the best hands, if not the best hands, of any almost wide receiver ever. And we saw that early because Matt Crowd drops in a ball between two defenders, and Dontario fingertips the ball and holds on, going out of bounds. And not only fingertips it to hold on, brings it into his body somehow as he's going down. And immediately I texted you and was like, there it is. You said it. I didn't believe it. But now I get whatever coach told you that, I get it now. I don't know if I agree with it because, look, man, A.J. Brown, Laquan Treadwell, Dante Moncrief, Shea Hodge, there are some great wide receivers. This is almost wide receiver you at this point, the way Ole Miss has been churning out wide receivers. Elijah Moore, can't forget him either. That Don Terrio Drummond catch by itself, impressive alone as far as the hands and what we've heard about him. Yeah, he, he really does have good hands, man. I mean, you can tell by the way, especially on some of them slants. Those, those things are hard to catch on the run, and he just snags it like, like it doesn't even affect his hands at all, and he's he's off the races. So yeah, I mean, um, hey, we we need a guy like that, I, and I'm excited that that he is going to be the guy this year. It looks like, and I still think Braylon Sanders, man. You watch him run some of those posts and some of those double moves, man. He's got some wheels, dude. I think if a team decides to play us, man. You're, you're going to see a huge game by Braylon Sanders. I'm calling it now the first team that plays this man. Braylon Sanders going for 150 plus. Oh, I like that. Let's open the mailbag. Mail time. The mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. First question coming from Rebel One on the Ole Miss Spirit message board. Is Ben Brown okay? He should be okay, yes. Might miss Austin P, but should be okay. Rebel One, who is our best back, Brad, and why is it Snoop Connor? Well, like I said earlier in the pod, man, I think that, um, I mean, I've been howling Snoop just because the way he runs the ball. He, he, um, you know, he puts his foot in the ground. He Every time he's in there, man, it, he, he just breaks free. And, and we, I feel like we don't have that kind of production whenever he's not in there. So he just fits our scheme, man. We, we, we run a heavy inside zone scheme. Um, he fits it well. He, he makes one cut. Um, he hits downhill. He's just – I think he's the best best you know back we need to, to run the ball with. Uh, maybe there's other backs that can do other things that he can't. I don't know. But um, I, I just think that he's, he's by far – when we need to run the ball, he needs to be in the game. Matt Smith, Brad, grade the starting five offensive linemen for this game individually. Um, I, th- I think they did really well. I mean, I think that um, bro- Broker, I mean, if you want to watch the film and teach your kid how to play O-line and how to finish guys, Broker's all- always there. Um, I was impressed with the center. Um, you know, there was 
there was a few times there though that there were some combinations that um, you know with with I think Warren Warren's a left guard in the center that that didn't really come off. Um, you know, they, they really they didn't get off to the backer you know quite quite quick enough. I think that's what led to some of the the early early run um, woes. But um, you know, all in all, man, I mean, Matt Corral didn't get touched as far as getting sacked. There was like a play or two um, where he did get hit, and that was with the tight end. I mean, it was a slide protection. The tight end went for the end man line instead of staying, instead of staying in his gap. And, and staying on the tackle's hip, um, I think that was totally on Chase Rogers. The one time Corral really did get hit, um, but but for the most part, man, I'll give those guys that, that I think they did really well. You know, they're very most of the time, Mo lines have um, have a lot of penalties first game, not really any crazy penalties. Maybe one false start, maybe one hold, um, but but for the most part, man, they played hard. They're they're going to be more than more than good enough to get the job done this year. Um, I just feel like whenever you put up 500 plus yards in offense, it's hard to grade the O line down. Ole Miss Murph. With a great team performance tonight and the piss poor in-person attendance, do you guys think more people will buy tickets and actually show up at the vault? Um, I do. I think more people will be at the vault. I think that the issue, you had two issues working against us. Well, really three. It was Monday night. Um, you know, a lot of people got to go to work tomorrow. Secondly, Lane Kiffin was out with COVID. I think that shot some people away. And um, and thirdly, you still got the COVID issue, man. Some guys are, some people just are, are not wanting to go to him because of it, but when the game's in Oxford and everything's rocking, I think I think there'll be plenty of people there. Beham Reb twenty five looks like Bryce Ramsey played a lot. Was that because of injury or just substitution? Injury to Ben Brown. B Straw Radio. What are your thoughts on not showing much depth on the defensive line? Um, I mean, well, if you look at the way they played, I mean, it's it's a three, you know, it's a three down three down scheme. So really, you rotate one or two guys in, and that is kind of that's kind of. <laughs> You know, you really don't want to take a ton of plays away from, from away from your better guys, but I did see Iton getting there, and he looked good on the edge. And we did not see Gordon this game, I don't think. Um, I, I did not see him at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just not. It's one of those times, one of those things where you know, you're not going to see a ton of guys. You're, you're going to see more more rotation in secondary, and and probably with the backers potentially. But um, yeah, there, there's not going to be a um, there's not going to be a ton of rotation when when you're only playing three down. You know who they didn't miss? Ryder Anderson, MKG Reb. Is Snoop Connor running back number one by the Alabama game? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I have not asked this to any coach or anything, but I can't put my finger on why he isn't getting, you know, it isn't the, isn't the first guy, first back out. But, you know, in my opinion, should be, but I'm not paid to make that decision. Um, I don't know that, that, that they, I, I would have thought they would have saw this last year, but it's, I mean, when, when shit's on the line and we need it, we need a running back to, to make plays. I mean, I just feel like he's our guy in the run game. He really is. So, um, but yeah, for whatever reason, he's he's not. And um, yeah, we're, we're producing. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question any coaches. Terminator Reb, why are we having problems on kickoffs? No one has kicked it past the ten yard line. I'm gonna chalk that up to just inexperienced kickers for the first game. Listen, Ben, that's so. so it, this sounds crazy, but it's by design. Um, a, a lot of coaches feel like they can they can pin them inside the fifteen. Um, or, or a guy makes a mistake, fumbles, whatever. But um, a lot of times that, that they they teach, especially in the NFL, we did this a lot where we wanted to kick it off to him because we felt like our kickoff team could could pin him. And if you look tonight, we did. We went down there and got after him a couple times. And instead of just openly giving the ball to 20, 25-yard line, um, you feel like you can stop him before the 25-yard line. So um, some of that's by design. B-Straw Radio, how much of the penalties not targeting do you credit to Lane not being there? Um, none. I mean, listen, listen, some of these plays were so bang, bang, man. 
and, and you know, the Mark Robinson one, I think was unfortunate. Um, that could have went either way. The guy, he was literally looping and, and hit a guy just on reaction. Now, now the Lakia Henry one, I mean, the guys run out of bounds. There's no reason to go over there and, and do that kind of shot. I mean, if, if anything, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't feel like that shot was necessary because the guy was going out of bounds. We just got to be smarter there, man. I mean, it's, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the it's, first it game. Nick yeah, Broker's game. always first been game. super aggressive. So Nick Broker going and pushing the guy after the play is over. That's not the first time he's done that. It's the first game. It's the first game. Yeah, I, I don't I think agree. it has anything to do with Lenny Kiffin so much as it's the first game. Listen, yeah, Nick Nick Broker, that, that's what he's known for, man. He's going to get a personal foul again this year at some point. But you know what? He's also going to make three or four touchdown blocks. It's going to you know open some stuff up. So you got to live with that. Beham Reb 25, lack of Braylon tonight. Just general thoughts. Well, listen, Braylon's a downfield guy, man, and they were they were playing a heavy drop eight with um, you know safeties back in. I mean, they were playing out in left field. It was crazy. They they, they were not going to get beat over the top. I think that um, I just think any time a team plays that, it's going to be more of a, a drumming, a slot kind of day, a seam kind of day, and um, you know, getting over the top is just going to be tough for for him. But team lines up, plays man, it, it could be a total Braylon Sanders day. I just think that I think they they scheme to not get beat deep and. And they really didn't a whole lot, but um, yeah, it's just not. Braylon's just a downtown guy, man, and that's that, that they were protecting against that. But at the same time, they gave up 177 yards to our slot. So, you know, it is what it is. You, you take some, you give some, and and today they they gave it to Drummond. ZXCV one two three four is Chance really as good as he looked tonight? Um, I mean, listen, one thing one thing that that was that was cool was how smart you can see him playing. I mean, he was lining everybody up. You look at some of his blitzes. I mean, he hit the gap so fast. You just knew he knew where, where the protection was sliding or, or where it was open up. Um, I, I think he's a pretty good player, man. I really do. I think he's my my only question on him was how is he gonna how is he gonna look out there whenever we you know versus versus you know SEC type talent or where which obviously we haven't played SEC game, but you know his speed was not in question. That quarterback was very fast tonight, and he was covering him sideline to sideline with with, with ease while getting held. So, man, I think he's a good player. You know, it's it's gonna it's It'll be, it'll be, he's going to have a good year. Landshark D, honest thoughts on the defense, vastly improved or poor system by Louisville? No, I think, I think we're, we're very much improved. You cannot tell me that last year Louisville wouldn't have gotten 500 yards on us. That 100% they would have, they would have ran the ball all over us. Um, I, I just think it, <clears throat> you look at the guys that we've added and then I think guys have just gotten better. I mean, you get a full year of Otis Reese, Mark Robinson, Chance Campbell, um, Tashim Johnson played a bunch. Um, Talon Knight got in there. I mean, there's just a bunch of different guys out there that, that that makes a difference. You know, four or five new guys that are actually you know playing and balling. You can really help out a defense. Sam Williams was definitely back to his his year before um, you know self. I mean, he was absolutely fast out there, rushing the passer, getting off the block, chasing guys down. I mean, we, we just look good. Cedric Johnson, that's another guy that um, you know ben guy. he he was he is a big guy. He he was absolutely he chased the guy down a couple times. We just look faster. We look physical, and man, we were out there bopping people. Triathlon. How about comments on the offensive line and defensive line play? Um, I thought I thought solid. I thought solid on the O line. Obviously, you can get a little better. Um, I, th- I think the run game. They're probably going to want to clean up a few things, especially getting off to the backer, kind of having your eyes up um, on some stuff. Pass game. They were, they were great. They were they were good there. You know, nothing. N- n- not really getting beat. Um, you know, any one on ones. Um, stuff like that. I feel like they finish well. All those guys play really well together. Um, you know, D-line, I mean, much better. I mean, I think you'd have to agree that um, you look at Tisdale, got around there and, and hit the quarterback a time on an actual pass rush move that, that looked like he was an athlete. Bivens in the middle played well. 
I mean, I, I just think all in all, just just much, much more improved. I, I don't think that we're a pushover like we were. D Hawk Reb, how much better do we get week to week? That's see, that's another thing too. I mean, it's it's, it's week one. Usually there's um, there's a lot of rust week one, and there are still some things to clean up. You know, you had the one time Springer let the guy get outside. There's a bunch of little stuff in there that can be cleaned up. But um, but you know, at the end of the day, you got to think we're going to keep getting better and and really kind of kind of nailing in who's going to be in there most of the time in certain situations. And you know, I, I really feel like I, I think we got after Louisville, but I don't think we we really we didn't really blitz them a ton like 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 like, like, I, like I think we could. And I think that there will be some games where we can actually actually get after some guys. And it just today didn't didn't really require that. And um, yeah, I, I think we're going to get better and better as we keep going. Going to Twitter, at BFord89, defense was impressive in the first half, but I'm pretty sure all of Louisville's scoring drives were extended by Ole Miss penalties, writing this with just under nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I was sitting there watching. I said, man, if it, the only way Louisville's getting anything is if we're giving it to them. Um, but then at the end of the day, you know, you look in the second half, it's hard to judge because you're just trying to keep everything in front of you. You're willing to give up a bend but don't break kind of defense in the second half. It's, it's more of a pre – I don't want to call it prevent, but – you know, you, you just don't want to give up a, a you know a, a freaking touchdown to 15 seconds. You want to make him kind of kind of wind the clock a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really the yards in the second half. We weren't really going at him like we were in the first. Um, you know, the yards in the second half are more of a. It just happens that way in football, man. I mean, they're on such an attack mode, and you're just trying to keep everything in front of you and keep the clock running. At OLM Stead Inc. Hypothetical question: What does Snoop have to do to win the starting running back job now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going on internally there. Um, I, I don't know why why he hasn't won it. But um, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I only judge what I see on film, and all I've ever seen on film is a guy that hits the hits the holes. He reads zone well, runs hard as crap. Every time he comes in there, man, I feel like it adds a spark to the um, to the whole team. It adds a spark to the crowd. Um, you know, when it comes to running the ball, I just wish he would be in there at the beginning and, and just kind of kind of set the tone early, but. Um, this staff likes to do a lot of different things. You look at Ely, man. Ely was really good. Um, you really, really, they, they were they were exposing the seams in every way they could. And you look early on. I mean, Ely just made a made a move on the on the linebacker and ran right up the seam. That stuff that 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 really benefits his offense. So there's a need for both guys. Um, and I just think they're each going to have a different role. But yeah, I think Snoop is Snoop. Snoop's who I'd be handing the ball off to. I can tell you that. At Uncle Paul Mahan, has Snoop been arrested for murdering that man? Yes, not yet. Jody Kitchens at J Kitchens eighteen ten. Can we put Chance Campbell in a ring of honor now? He's off to a heck of a start. Noah Davis at Noah underscore Dale. After tonight, have y'all's expectations for this team changed? Defense looked light years ahead of last year's in every aspect. I do not think my expectations have changed. I just think some boxes were checked. You know, I think I think you can easily say, hey, is our defense approved? Yes. Has our offense, you know, pretty much stayed on track and, and, and starting to starting to go off, you know, starting to head up, tr keep trending up, not take a step back? Yes. Has our special teams gotten better? Our special teams were outstanding tonight. I mean, we were absolutely were flying down there making plays. Yes. I mean, everything's just gotten better. Can, do we have a kicker? Yes. Ole Miss has a kicker. I mean, boxes were just checked today. Now, we're really not going to know until we get in the SEC play, but, man, the team just looks better overall. Um, there, there, there is, there is production there without Elijah Moore, without Kenny Yeboa, you know, those that, that, that's it. I mean, we have, we have enough guys to produce an even higher clip on offense at buzz underscore songs, which of you had the under, I didn't, I had the over, <laughs> I had the over Ole Miss sports at rebel sports. Surprised. We didn't see more of blank. 
tonight on defense. Miles Battle, either Juco defensive lineman, Tywin Malone, impressive performance from Quentin Bivens, though. Liked what I've seen from him. Defense is noticeably faster. Any player in particular you didn't see more of you were surprised by? Yeah, I was absolutely surprised we didn't see more Miles Battle. Um, I, I thought that was that was interesting. I mean, that, he ran with the ones most of camp. Um, you know, I, I know they really liked him, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the story is there. We'll see if he gets in there the next week. And then I, I think Jamon Gordon as well. I mean, we didn't see really see him at all. Um, yeah, so the, the, those were the two guys I thought we'd see a little more of. But you know, you know, the guys will start getting in there more. And I, I think we saw more of Talon Knight than we thought we were going to see. Um, but, but I mean, he made some big hits. That little dude throws his body around out there, and he's just so fast sideline to sideline. You got to have a guy like that in there to to, to really chase some guys down. The Ham Ole Miss Club status of Ben Brown. He's injured. It's not expected to be serious. Might miss Austin P. Andy McNulty at Andy McNulty. Is Chance Campbell really this good, or are we just brainwashed by bad defense? I think he's a pretty solid player. We've, we've said this multiple times on here. Um, but, yeah, I think at the same time, we haven't seen a linebacker like be this productive in a long time in Ole Miss's defense. So, yeah, I see where you're coming from there, man. I mean, it, it has been a while since since we've seen a linebacker like this. John Stone at John Stone Collin. Why does no one talk about the moving ducking target you have to tackle in the targeting equation? <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know, man. They're really emphasizing that tonight. It got to where it was like the target fest. It was even so that ESPN made a joke going to halftime. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think guys are going to have to really do a better job of, um, of of making sure. I mean, it's hard. It really is hard when you're out there and you know, you're reacting to stuff. But, you know, there's there's some hits that, 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 that shouldn't um, – you know, the, 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 that you just shouldn't take, especially the ones on the sideline when he's run out of bounds by Lakey Henry. That one was, you know, really, I know you want to go over and hit him, but man, to go there with your head and hit him is just not not very smart football. Um, but I think that gives us something. To, I mean, everything can't be perfect every game, and that's something that we can really hit on this week and, and, and kind of teach from. Tyler Lair, if we don't lose Lakia and Mark, does Louisville still score 24? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I really, I really don't think so. I think that, um, you know, obviously the, the – not only losing the guys hurt, but the penalties, you know, especially on third down, say it definitely hurt and gave them a chance to, 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 to score. But yeah, I don't, I don't think, I honestly think if we went after them all game and didn't kind of lay back in kind of a conservative matter in the second half, we could have potentially held them under, under, um, you know, under 20. Robert Anderson at underscore uncle Swisher. Any concern about the pass rush? No, not at all, man. I mean, I think that, um, you know, if you look at what Louisville wasn't really dropping back and throwing a ton, I mean, they were, they, they, they weren't heavy pass on that. And I think that the times we did have a chance to pass rush, we certainly got after them. I mean, we, we, there's, you know, other, other than the, the edge, I mean, the edge was, you know, edge is a pass rush, but there was different blitzes by chance Campbell. There's a couple of different, um, you know, you know, stunts that we had in there that, that kind of got after him. But no, I think we were more than around the quarterback enough with the, with the chances we got. At J.R. Millum 23, if Snoop has a full head of steam, would he truck Brad like he did at the Louisville corner? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not much in attack on it. I'm six seven. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go take Snoop Connor on. Chad Clardy at Chad Clardy three. How bad did losing the Kia hurt us in the second half? Or was it more coverages we were playing? Hope that made sense. Thrilled with the defense. Let's frickin' go. Yeah, they um yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it hurt us that bad. I just think it, it was a matter of us not really being aggressive um going after him like i've said this multiple times already but yeah i just feel like we kind of played back kept everything in front of us and and w w was able to give up you know willingly giving up yards there at the end just to just to you know keep keep everything in front of us not give try not to give up that quick touchdown that um that they gave him a chance 
Corey Clark wraps us up at CRC underscore 91. Did you think Matt Corral would have zero passing touchdowns through three quarters plus five minutes? Absolutely not. Yeah, certainly not. But at the end of the day, man, he played a really good game. He did. I mean, it was a very impressive game that he played. Um, getting into his reads multiple times, um, you know, r- really understand. You can tell he knew his offense very well. And, hey, he wasn't going to lose the game. He knew we were going to be able to score, and he was going to deconduct us down there. And a lot of times he, he threw it he threw us all the way down there, and we ended up running it in. So it happens like that sometimes. He'll throw plenty of touchdowns this year. And and if not, he's going to, um, you know, he's definitely going light, to light it up in stats. This has been the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one size fits one Jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. And both Brad and I have multiple pairs of Blue Delta jeans. So trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta jeans caters uniquely to your size. Visit www.bluedelta.com and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions TOC for $50 off your first purchase. Blue Delta jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post game show. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight year NFL vet. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. This podcast and every single Talk of Champions episode can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts. SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And when you leave a review, make sure it's five stars. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Ole Miss is 1-0 after a 43-24 convincing win over Louisville in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. We'll be back after Austin P. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0-1 to grams of net carbs, 5-11 to grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.